The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to a Came From the Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. I have none other than uh, a senior correspondent, Charlie Saldino. Yes, Mark, I have a toy. We have our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man Serrano. I feel so wonderfully socially distanced. And we have from <laughs> thelifeofgenergy.com, Jenny Feldy. I'm enjoying lots of rice and potatoes right now. So Very starchy. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on this week's show, we're going to have another Jay Bernal Lee segment. Um, we have uh, our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, has an interview with uh, filmmaker Mike Caravella, right? That's his name? Mike yes. Car- Caravella. Caravella. Yep. And we also Caravella, have yes. another Bookworm Batson segment. But before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's more than time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks at sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Oh, you you remember it. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, which we have an official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of pop culture news and comic book stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. They have not announced their next convention, but as soon as they do, we'll let you know. And we give our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo. Award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, which is coming back this year, Yasmin Array, and Rosa. If you want to have your own little shout-out, go to our website, www.camfamilia.com. There's a little button to join us on Patreon just for a dollar a month. You can get your weekly shout-out. All right, so let's start off with the uh, sad news as always. Actor. Thomas Lee Kirk died recently. Um, as of this date, which is the uh, October the 6th of 2021, no cause of death has been announced. Uh, Thomas starred in such films as The Shaggy Dog, Swiss Family Robinson, The Absent-Minded Professor, and its sequel, Son of Flubber, The Misadventures of Merlin Jones, and its sequel, The Monkey's Uncle, uh, Pajama Party, Village of the Giants, The Ghost in the Invisible Bikini, I must see that movie, uh, Mars Needs Women, Blood of Ghastly Horror, Attack of the 60-Foot Centerfold, I think I saw that, uh, Club Dead, just name a few. Of course, most people know him as the lead in his very first film, as Travis Coates, the dog does not like that, in the film Old Yeller <laughs> in 1957. The dog knew the Old Yeller. Um, Charlie. All right. Who many pe- how many people cried at the end of Old Yeller? Come I've on, never seen it. hands up. I've never no, seen it's it. A, no, Dominic, Dom, Dom, you I, know what I'm saying, right? I know what you're talking about, but I'm with. I've actually never seen it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I basically know how it ends without having yeah. seen it. I don't need to see it. It's famous for Fine. its for its ending. Pretty much, yeah. Doesn't sound like a happy one. It is not no. a happy ending. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you don't, Jen. Do you know what the ending is? 
the dog dies in some horrible way, right? That's right? Spoilers. It's spoiling the movie. Well, it's like a 40-year-old movie. Can we spoil it now? <laughs> Considering Actually, it came really... out in 1957. <laughs> What's the rule for spoiling? All these people talk about spoilers. I don't care because it's not the experience. But like, how 50... many months do we have to talk about a movie? Yeah. 55-year-old movies can be spoiled. So the dog gets rabies and gets shot. Oh, right. Because okay. he can't yes. have the dog with rabies. I mean... Uh, well, you can. That would be a different movie. more exciting. People that are would so be boring. The that sequel. would shake things up. Yeah. That, that would be the sequel. Oh, my God. Can you imagine up, if they did that and made a sequel and had him have Ooh. rabies? Sequel written what by Stephen King. <laughs> um, or so, a horror movie based on that. Yeah. That's funny. So, Stephen correspondent Charlie Saladino, since you were the one that actually saw the movie and he was the lead. <laughs> no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa. You never saw the I movie. I never saw the movie. That, <laughs> no, was, no. that was that was a line from Stripes. Oh. <laughs> wow, none of us saw this movie. Okay. All right. But now, obviously none of you saw Stripes either. I, I saw that stripes. movie one time and I don't remember it. So but I know oh, you saw stripes it, Mark? Great. Yes, I saw Stripes. Yes. Mark, you, yeah. It's like when Murray says, uh, all right, raise your hand. How many how many of you cried when old yellow died? Come on. <laughs> and then Candy yeah. Candy puts his hand up. Yeah, I thought like this is when I went to church one time and they said, uh, stand up or raise your hand if you do not accept Jesus Christ as your one and only Lord and Savior. And I raised my hand. I feel like that's just, I did not see Old Yellow. I did not cry. I did not see it. Of note, um, Thomas was also one of the original Hardy Boys. Um, oh, Senior correspondent Charlie Saldina, I know you like the Hardy Boys, right? I did not like the Hardy Boys. I knew of them. You knew I of did them. Not like... He didn't yes, like them. I, he loved them. They were they, <laughs> they were um, <laughs> a feature in the uh, Mickey Mouse Club. So uh, things, yes, which so I yeah, loved. You know, also in the Mickey Mouse Club, all those idiots in Brooklyn. They're all in the Mickey Mouse Club. A bunch of Mickey Mouses over there. I have no idea what that means, and I'm not going to ask. I'm going to keep on going. Okay. see you real soon. Why? Why? Why not? All right, go ahead. So he was a surprise 79. I feel bad for him. Moving on to the final bit of sad news. Television announcer Alan Robert Coulter also died recently. Uh, and also, as of this uh, recording, no cause of death has been announced. Alan is perhaps best known as the announcer for The Late Show with David Letterman, of uh, which he had the role from uh, 1995 to 2015 when Letterman retired. So if you ever watched The uh, uh, Letterman Show on CBS, he was a, a mainstay of it. He was the announcer, but they also incorporated it in the skits. So uh, he, he also passed away. Uh, so you think there's an opening for me now? The, the show's the show's canceled. It's gone. He he retired. Oh man, I just want a job. <laughs> the late show's not canceled, sir. The late show just has. He he retired. Yeah, Who's retired. else? Fallon Letterman. now. Yeah, the late show. Uh, goes uh, no, Fallon. not Fallon. Colbert. It's, uh, Colbert. Colbert. Yes. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to work with either of those. I'm okay. <laughs> you were gonna say something, yeah. Dominic? No, she just said. Uh, you said it was canceled. I said no. It's Colbert took over the late show. But I remember Alan Coulter and him being uh, involved in the skits and everything. It was one of the things that Letterman could do. He would he would pull in the staff, which he kind of stole from Stern. It was uh, Biff. I remember Biff. Yep. Yeah. And what um, was uh, what's with that beard with Letterman? 
I think he just oh, wants to be Santa Claus. Yeah, that is a good question about that beard. <laughs> yeah, oh, I feel like he's hiding one, stuff in there. If, that is one hell of a beard right if, now. Uh, actually, actually the, the actual answer, uh, if you go on YouTube, there is an interview with him, and he was asked about the beard, so he does say why he has the beard. If you have to Maybe oh, his wife it. wanted him to go, but um, and then he was trying to get out of it. Oh, well, I'm just saying. Oh. That's uh, that's, that's well, kind of that. a heavy PG right there. Oh, well, uh, that's PG. We're, we're, we're he went down on the elevator. He went down on the elevator. Now that was a relationship. I love the easiest. That was, in, that was a light PG-13. <laughs> oh. At the oh, easiest, that was a hard PG-13. I correct. Hard, hard PG-13. Oh, my God. Right. So, so, uh, that was maybe a light R. So he was 78, and we're going to move on quickly from that. Oh, boy. Am I in trouble? Jen, uh, maybe, Jen, maybe. Jen, oh. I love you. <laughs> I just came. I, I, I just came from a different podcast, and the whole thing was wow, almost X. So yeah. Right, yeah, so, we don't we so, don't so go above PG here on the yeah, show. Yeah, so what so so yeah, dialing, dialing it back hard. to the dialing it back to the not as uh, sad news uh, from the. That's a lot of nuts. Here's some sad news. Jen has kicked off the show. <laughs> oh God, that's happy news. Hello. The new <laughs> Sony film, Venom Part <gasps> Two, has taken the number one spot from the domestic box office, pulling in a record-breaking ninety million dollars, easily beating out the new animated film Adam's Family Part Two, which opened in the number two spot with just seventeen million dollars, which makes it the highest opening weekend from a film released during the pandemic. For those keeping track, Shang-Chi is still the highest grossing film of <coughs> 2021 with $206 million, followed closely by Black Widow at number two with $183 million. Venom in its first week is already at number eight. Um, of note, Venom, much like Shang-Chi, is only available to see legally in theaters, while Black Widow is available to be seen on Disney Plus for an additional fee on top of whatever you're paying for the service. Keep in mind, as we've been saying every week, uh, the numbers do not reflect the revenue made from the streaming service. And as we've mentioned, that is exactly the, the reason why uh, Hot Scar Johansson had her lawsuit. Did, we, did you guys cover what happened with that lawsuit? Is that in the news? That is the next item. Okay, so Ooh. I don't want to go into it then. Right. Yeah, I, I do. What I, I, never saw, I haven't seen Venom. I haven't obviously haven't seen Venom Part 2. I, but I'm looking at it here, and it, J.K. Simmons is back as J. Jonah Jameson. So I'm like, how are they going to marry this all together into the be, because of Because of spoilers, I can't say. <laughs> I, like, I like Venom 1. I, li- I enjoyed that movie. Yeah, you saw Venom. Yeah, I saw Venom. Huh, do you have any intention to see Venom Part 2? Well, no. <laughs> What's no? interesting? Wait, you like the first one? Like, ah, yeah, I don't get the it. Second one? I yeah. like the first one, but I didn't want to say yes. That was too easy. Oh, you're just so, trying to be difficult. Okay. I went for the left. No, no spoilers mm-hmm. here, but what's interesting about the film, aside from the fact that they got J.K. Simmons back as J. Jonah Jameson, which I think is awesome, by the way, because I loved him as J. Jonah Jameson. I loved him in, at, um, in what was it, Far From Home? that he was in he made that cameo anyway <laughs> oh, oh yeah. okay okay i was uh, i'm going with spoil- look it's spoilers yes. for a movie that's two years old it's okay it's okay when, when had- you said far from home i'm thinking what movie was far from home spider-man that- yes spider-man. the spider-man yeah. Yeah. Where we he had- made that cameo the, uh, but interesting the you know who directed the, the third movie? the third second spider-man movie yeah. we oh, yeah. had the third second or is it yeah. the second third spider-man movie no we it's the, the third second spider-man movie that's what i'm saying 
You said it's the second, third Spider-Man movie. No, I meant to the, say it's the third, it's second this. Spider-Man movie. Yeah. So but who anyway, directed it? Andy Serkis. Ah, okay. Cool. And the story, like Tom Hardy did some of the writing. Interesting. Story by him. So it, it's interesting who's like been involved with the movie. Well, but I'm curious. Look, I get eventually. Well, I because uh, it, it, this is out by Sony. It's not out by Disney right, slash it's, Marvel. Right. It's Sony slash Marvel. So I don't know what streaming service it's going to come to eventually. I don't know, like who would have the streaming rights to it. Maybe Paramount. Who knows? Hulu. Who Maybe. knows? I am curious. Well, actually, wait, Paramount. No, not it? Paramount. Production company God. says Columbia Pictures. Hmm. Hey, Mark, so. thank God Herman wasn't with us anymore because he was Mr. Spoiler. Yes. Remember him? Uh, he uh, good old friend. Uh, oh, I saw, yeah, I saw Venom. They all die. Oh, my yeah, God. Right. Yeah. So uh, as we were talking about movies, moving on to the next bit of news from the We Called It Department. Hot Scarlett Johansson and Evil Disney have reached an owl, have reached an out of court settlement over her lawsuit that accused the studio of stiffing her about fifty million dollar payout for releasing her black her movie Black Widow on a streaming service as well as in theaters at the same time. Scarlett uh-huh, says, you, "You said stiffing her." Uh-huh. <laughs> Scarlett ahead. says, oh, "Scarlett says, I am happy to have resolved our differences with Disney." I am incredibly proud of the work we have done together over the years and have greatly enjoyed my creative relationship with the team. I look forward to continuing our collaboration in the years to come. Uh, Disney says, I'm very pleased that, that we have been able to like come story. to a mutual agreement with Hot Scarlett Johansson regarding Black Widow. We appreciate oh, Disney officially her. called her Hot Scarlett Johansson, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, that happened. We appreciate her contributing to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I forgot I put that in there. Uh, look forward to her <laughs> on a number of coming projects, including Disney's Tower of Terror. Mark's all, uh, Mark's all embarrassed. He read something he wasn't supposed to. That's ah! funny. That's funny. Part, so, part of part of the uh, settlement of the lawsuit is that Disney now has to call her Hot Scarlett Johansson. Well, because you know she that's had legally changed. That's that's how it works. That's, that's how it works. So funny. So she will for, forever now be billed as Hot Scarlett Johansson. What if she becomes not hot though? That that would suck. I know. Hot like, face. Has to be. It. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Hotness cools off. So she'll be she then she'll have to legally change her name to not as hot hot uh, Scarlett Johansson. Well, we can just, um, change it. She'll change so, it to to warm cool. Scarlett Johansson and then <laughs> lukewarm Scarlett Johansson, and then Man. it just becomes distinguished. That's what happens when you get old, but you're still kind of attractive. You're just mm. called distinguished or sophisticated. Distinguished. Or sophisticated, yeah, right. yes. yeah. Men are distinguished. Women would be sophisticated, I guess. Could be. I think either either Classy? gender could be distinguished. I think distinguished as yeah transcend you're right you're right so we did talk about this at length in one of our episodes and we've mentioned it many times afterwards settled out of court what do you guys think of that of course they settled out of court they don't want this going further charlie of course they settled out of court they can that you know what they don't want the negative publicity and and Scarlett or hot Scarlett Johansson <laughs> knew what she mm-hmm. knew that she was gonna they were gonna settle because it's it's freaking Disney. They're not gonna go through <laughs> Disney can have the option, they're so rich. They all right, forget the court thing. We're gonna we know we were wrong. We're not gonna admit that. We're gonna settle. 
So hot scholar Johansson knew what she was doing. As an as an actress, Jen, what are your thoughts? I want to know what she's going to do with the money. That's what I want to know. And uh, of course, they settled that at court because you know he goes public bathrooms in court, and who wants to use a public bathroom? That's that's the reason. (laughs) Those are my thoughts. I I I, uh, I'm I'm a person that's really not litigious. I'll give you an example. This is not really the same at all. But I have the Life of Genergy. That's my company name. And now a lot of people, including today, have sent me Jennifer Lopez's soundbite for something, and she goes, "Uh, like forget J Lo or something like forget J Lo. Who's J Lo?" She's like, hmm. Genergy, I know, Genergy, and people are like, what? And they're like, you should sue her. I'm like, you know, I don't know. It's just so sticky. I told you that. Yeah, sue her. Yeah, you, yeah, sue her. yeah. I said it on the show. Sue her and settle yes. out of court. Settle out of court. Yes, That's the plan. right. Yeah, seriously. So, so why are we... other people not suing Disney? That's what I want to know. Well, why are... I, I, just her? I find it weird that Disney went through all this trouble when they just could have given her the money in the first place. Well, Mark, mm-hmm. you didn't ask me what I thought. You, yeah, let's I, hear. I, hey, Jen. You said, of course, they uh, said, I asked you first. No, like, like, of course, but you didn't give me. Oh, follow up. up. Thank you, sir. I'm interested. So like I was reading about it because we've been following the story on the show. So when this broke that they settled, what I got from the articles that I read was that basically Disney was calculating or their their uh, what what do you call it? uh, Out of house lawyer or something like that okay uh, you know but you know what i'm talking about yes um they were counting on the idea of public perception of making her look greedy yes trying to put it out there which they mm. did they tried which yes they tried and i it think backfired what happened is horribly. it backfired horribly yes it did and oh. her her legal staff was like guys you messed up you, mm. you rolled the dice and you messed up now you look even worse because mm. with a lot of like the progressive women's movements out there like no a lot of people sided with her on this yeah. she should have been paid what she was owed you didn't do it no one no one thinks that she's looking greedy they if anything she looks like an icon for standing up for what she's owed yeah interesting and that's i think that's it. what it was they knew that the optics were bad and the best thing that they could do was settle this and get this done pay the yeah. pay her make her go away and when start have drinking heavily <laughs> so right. hey, Jen, that she doesn't Jen, yeah i think you should sue j-lo and she'll oh. definitely settle oh my god i couldn't i couldn't yeah. do it then someone's gonna sue me that's the thing i believe in karma so i'm like you know what one day what if i don't know i just don't want any problems yeah, you've never <laughs> been right. sued fair enough fair enough no, and like, and not not the other way around either. I'm knock on, keep, knock on fake wood. Yeah, a, a no marriage. I feel like I like I went to the gynecologist the other day for the first time in three years. I'm like, you know, I'm just not going to do anything that's going to land me here. So that's why I haven't been here. So it's best that I do something that I don't do things that are going to land me in court. Same thing, you know. So speaking of people going places that they haven't been, mm-hmm. from the, I oh. like that, I like that. Um, that was interesting, good. interesting way of putting it. Yeah. From <laughs> from from the captain's log, star date ninety five twenty nine point one. This is the final cruise of the Starship Enterprise under my command. This ship and her history will shortly become the care of another crew. To them and their posterity will we commit our future. They will continue the voyages we have begun and journey to all the undiscovered countries, boldly going where no man. Where no one has gone before.
department. None other than William Shatner has announced that he will be on the next NS-18 rocket launch into space. You mean Bill? Uh, yes, our friend I, Bill. Uh, I saw that. Uh, Shatner, wow. who was a guest on our show, says, I'm going to see the vastness of space and the extraordinary miracle of our Earth and how fragile it is compared to the forces at work in the universe. That's what I'm really looking for. I'm thrilled and anxious and a little nervous and a little frightened about this whole new adventure. I really want to tell you that this message I get firsthand from seeing things that we've only heard about, things I've only played as an actor. I'm going to see firsthand. I want to come back and tell you how I really felt when I saw these things that we only uh, learned about secondhand or thirdhand. Um, you know what he's going to do, right? He's going he's gonna to get all the aliens? No, he's going to come back because he's going to be sitting on the window seat and he's going, there's uh, someone on the wing, something. <laughs> That's what he's going to be doing. All right, I got you. I I didn't think you were going to go that way, but I got you. Um, Besides that, has anyone seen him rating people doing impressions of him? Yes, I have. No. (laughs) That is like the best thing ever, where he's like literally like saying, I I don't know why they're doing that. I don't talk like that. I don't get it. And he's (laughs) ripping people apart. And the two, his two favorites were Jason Alexander. He's like, see, I think you really got it good. Oh, yes. I've had him over my house. I'm not having him over my house anymore after that. And then that's he, funny. He, he also thought um, Bruce Campbell. He's like Bruce is an actor, so he knows that when I pause, it's because I didn't know what the next line was and I had to think about it. Mm-hmm. And then I catch up really fast by talking really fast. <laughs> so the anyway. launch, the launch is set for October twelfth. Which so by the time this show actually airs, he will have been in space and back in theory. Yes. It's, it's weird that we're talking about him, that he's, you know, gone and come back. And who knows what's actually going to happen on, on his Wait. trip to space. Super scary. I'm just scared to go to New York City. Like, imagine going to space. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't uh, want to even go in the city either. Of, of note, uh-uh. I wanted to mention that uh, for you, a few big fans of Star Trek, uh, Scotty, James Doohan, the actor who played Scotty, uh, his ashes were shot into space. Yes. Um, so, you know, maybe Shatner's like... He can't be the only one. I'm going to go while I'm still alive. Well, it is well, definitely a one-up. <laughs> the thing is, when he goes up there, is he going to do the opening monologue space? The final mm-hmm. tier. And I, think it's, you... I think it's by law. I think, he has, to. I think it's by law. he has to. Come on. I, I, don't, I don't think they'll let him back down if he doesn't do that. I was at the Voyages of Bill Shatner. Yeah. Exactly. Now the other question, like which company is he going up with? Virgin, uh, uh, the Jeff one that, Bezos, SpaceX. Jeff Bezos is the, one? the SpaceX one. That's Got the it. only one that's mm-hmm. done the, c- the civilian. SpaceX is um, it's the the civilian. SpaceX one. is Elon Musk, so it's like the, 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 the civilian one. The one, yeah, the, the yeah, the civilian the, one. Amazon. He's Amazon is <laughs> delivering Bill <laughs> Shatner to space. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Now, could you imagine all the logos he's going to be wearing? On whatever oh, he goes up with. Yes. yes. Oh, oh my yeah. God. So we have uh, five minutes to go, but I really want to get this uh, this bit of news in here. So I'm just saying the next ahead. person should be um, who played uh, Sulu? Uh, Edward James Olmos. Oh. Adama. Adama okay. should go up to space next. So um, moving on from the Hey, anybody remember the banana on the wall department? Mm-hmm. A Danish museum gave about $83,000 to an artist to reproduce a pair of works displaying the cash reflecting the nature of work in the modern world. 
Instead, however, the artist delivered two blank canvases to be displayed. The artist, which is a Jens Hanning, H-A-A-N-I-N-G, says, this is the only piece of art, and if I, it's only a piece of art if I don't return the money. I believe that I have created a good and relevant piece of artwork which could be hung on the wall. Uh, the museum does not seem to agree as they believe that he was commissioned for about $1,600 and that the rest of the money was to be contained in the actual artwork and is expected to him to return the money after the exhibit closes in January of 2022 or they're going to sue him. Oh. Um, so for reference, this piece of artwork, which is two blank canvases, so just a wooden frame, and it's, it's up in the museum right now, is called wow. Take the Money and Run. Yep. Wow. He didn't, he didn't pull the, oh, this is them in a snowstorm bit. <laughs> he did not. I had an old art wow. teacher. He's like, and this is me uh, wrestling a polar bear in a white parker in the snow. Whenever, he actually like, called it Take life. the Money and Run? That's yes. really the, That's the wow. title of his art piece, which is on display. Is Talk about ballsy. Two, two now, blank canvases. Yeah. Now, two hey. things. Yes, go ahead, Dominic. Two we things got three minutes. Number go one, ahead. Steve Miller should, should sue. Huh. Steve Miller band. He should sue. And number two, the Joker did it first in one of the uh, episodes in, in Batman with Adam West. Did he really? <laughs> Empty canvases? If I remember correct, like they had an art like paint off or something. Yes, they did have a paint off, but I don't and remember it being I believe blank the Joker just had a blank canvas. In fact, I only <laughs> oh. have up now. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Well, you have you have a, a minute and 45 seconds to find it and let us know if it actually happened. So, uh, Charlie, what do you think of that? Blank canvases took the money. Uh, I think the guy the guy had big kahunas to do that. <laughs> I, kudos to him. The dog agrees. Yeah. Jim, Jim what are your thoughts? It's either that or an NFT. It's it's, it's all pretend nowadays, right? NFT, NFT. Are, yeah, whatever is considered art now is very strange. Um, I think it's gonna. I'm 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 wanting to see because the museum actually put the artwork up. Mm. I think that hurts their case. Like if they didn't put it up, yeah, you're right. Been like, well, then you know, we we didn't get what we paid for, but they put it up. So I think right. that that's going to hurt their case because they put it up. People are going to come to see the exhibit and that money is gone, in my yep. opinion. If you look up International Art Contest Joker 1960s, you will see him <laughs> doing like you can't probably hear it. I can hear it through my headphones. He's right. literally showing off a blank canvas. Wow. <laughs> ah, so look at that. Look at that. That's funny. OK, interesting. All right, so and I have... thought this person was real original. So obviously not. Maybe he's just a fan of Batman. Yeah. So we have a, a minute to go. So uh, Senior Correspondent Charles Saladino, Charlie Saladino, final thought. Be nice to everybody and get an interview with Chatner when he comes back. <laughs> uh, Make that happen, Mark. Yes, I'll get right on that. Jenny Feldy, final thought. It's the time to get more sleep now until about March. So if you're feeling a little tired in the last few days, that's the weather. So go with it. Time to get more sleep and go to sleep earlier. Dominic, definition of Manspirano. Uh, one, art is subjective and the museum that commissioned him got what they deserved. And two, whoever interviews Shatner first will most definitely ask them, how was the final frontier? Oh, that's nice. So with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. 
We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. This month at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, get ready for the death of Doctor Strange and the Darkhold event from Marvel Comics. And from DC Comics, the Batman event, Fear State. And from the mind of Todd McFarlane, Gunslinger Spawn from Image Comics. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 8, Thursday and Friday, 2 to 7, Saturday and Sunday, noon to 5. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, located at 846 Merrick Road in Baldwin, New York. Call us at 516-673-1133. Thank you and stay safe. This is Quentin Flynn, a popular voice actor known for Axel Tamon and Raiden from the Metal Gear series. And you're listening to... It came from the radio. Stick around. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. It's sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Burden Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about apple picking. And I think pumpkin picking, because the season is upon us. And getting corn. Oh, corn, <laughs> roasted corn, right? Yeah, like and that? my first candy apple. <laughs> okay, all right. And your first, your first candy apple of the yeah, season or ever? Ever. That's, I've that never... was a caramel candy apple, right? Caramel apple. That wasn't a candy apple. Well, then my first caramel apple. Right, because it was like, all right. All I've right. never had a candy apple before. You never had a candy apple no. before? That's the one with the... With the red. It's the red apple I've never with had the that sugar, before. glazed sugar yeah. all around it. You haven't had that either? Nope. Oh, that's crazy. Mom never allowed me to. Well, she was probably worried you're going to break your teeth because I've—I don't know. It looks like you're going to break your teeth when you crack on those. I mean, the can—the caramel apple was easier. Well, yeah, because it's full of caramel and it's just sticky, and it had peanuts or walnuts. What did it have? Peanuts. It had peanuts. It was very good. It was very good. Yeah, but it, was, it just... was annoying though because it just. The, the juice was going on the caramel, so like the apple juice was going yeah, on the caramel. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it just got even softer, and it was sort of a mess. But it tasted good. When I first bit into it, I didn't even get the apple. I just got peanut. Yeah, and they caramel. put so much caramel on there that yeah. it's just ridiculous. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's crazy. But um, I mean, would you like to? All right, so we went to um. Where is it? Uh, we went to Llewellyn Farms, or Lewin Farms out east, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was the main one that we went to. Yeah. Um, and they had like a ton, a ton of apples, right? Yeah, they had a bunch of different uh, sections for where they could, well, pick just things in general. Because you could pick uh, apples, pumpkins... Well, they had different peaches. places to drive to. Yeah. Like, Lewin Farms is, like, really big. Mm-hmm. It's out east in Riverhead. Yeah. Right? Um, Long Island. And then it comes down to, we went to, you could go to a pumpkin patch, and we got, like, two pumpkins over there or something, right? Yeah, we got two pumpkins. They're on it the... took forever for well, Riley to pick it. Right, yeah. So, Riley was trying to pick it. And he was looking for the perfect pumpkin in a pumpkin patch where every pumpkin has got kicked at least once. And they're on the vine. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like it hurts when you actually rip mm-hmm. those things off. So yeah. I don't like that at all. That's why I don't really like to go pumpkin picking unless it's like yeah. just pumpkins out in the field. Mm-hmm. And you can just go pick them. Well, he wound up getting one, but it wasn't perfect. We, yeah, we got but two. Like, I, I, saw, I found better ones, and he was just like, No. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> it's just the way, you know, he was, yeah. he was trying to find the perfect pumpkin. 
So, um, but yeah, back to the apple part of it. You could get a bunch of different apples. You could get Red Delicious, Golden Delicious, right? Yeah, Gala. Gala um, uh, Macintosh. Yeah. And what else was there? Um, Is there anything else? Granny Smith. Probably. I don't even know. Yeah. So what's your favorite apple? What's the one that I... The... The golden one? No. Um, golden Delicious is good, but Macintosh is my favorite. Macintosh is your favorite? Yeah. Oh, really? I gotta try that again. It wasn't though. very good on... From the vine, though. Like, it's better from the store. You think it's better from the store? Yeah, what like, it honestly that? wasn't that good because it wasn't sweet. It wasn't really... S- Maybe you just didn't have a ripe one. You know? I mean, like, well, the I mean, gal is... multiple of them. Like, gal is my favorite, and I think overall... It was probably a little later in the season yeah. for those, so they were some were mealy a little bit, not great, but some were really awesome. Yeah, and there was a mini uh, golden delicious apple that was amazing. Yeah, I mean, don't you like picking it off the vine? I mean, off the tree, and then just like taking a bite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's fun, but then afterwards you're like you have to the long walk of carrying six bags. that's so funny we did have a long walk of carrying a lot of bags of apples and we still have some now Mm -hmm. i think they last but that's the thing they last forever you know like when you get them off the tree it lasts forever and then like by the time if you're in the store they've already been off the vine or apple tree for a while you know yeah so it's kind of like crazy but did you have fun picking apples yeah i did and uh it was fun getting corn, too. Oh, the roasted corn. Can't forget yeah. that. Yeah. That was really good corn. It was sweet and everything. It was. So I would recommend uh, going out there, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a chance, Long Island's uh, Lewin Farms and a couple other farm stands around there to get some cool yeah. stuff. Best oh, apple pie. At the, yeah. Oh, my God. That was so good. We could, Was that at Lewin Farms, too? No. That was no. Andrew's Farm or something. I, I don't know, but it was really, really good. Yeah. It was awesome. All right, well, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. See ya. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. This is Bookworm Batson on It Came from the Radio. Fate of a Distant Future by Renato Tranquilino. This is a group of short stories. There are four of them in this. And it starts off with the first story, um, Betrayal. It's about a senator, Nate. He's been in a 10-year coma um, because there was a vote that was going along where they wanted to rent or lease a part of the Philippines to China for 99 years. And he was one of the people that was against this. So he was targeted, he was in a coma. And while he was in this coma, there was a vote made by proxy for him because it was presumed that he was dying. Of course, he wakes up in 10 years. He doesn't die, so an assassin is hired to get rid of him. And they go into the story. I don't want to do any spoilers. It's a very quick story, but it grabs your attention. It's one where this guy wakes up from a coma, and 
his girlfriend is waiting for him. His family's waiting for him. So it's not one of these tales where you have a guy wake up from a coma and everyone's moved on. It, it's he, His family's pretty well set. It's his politics that, that have an issue. It's really good. It's really smart, smart little story. The next story is Crankbait. And that's about a colony ship that's about to land on a planet that was discovered. So the crew... It tells about how the crew goes about landing the ship. I mean, there's some ingenuity involved. There's um, there's betrayal in here. So even though this is called crankbait, I do think that betrayal would have been a good one for this as well. It, the next story is bait and switch. And that's connected to the first two stories. It's connected by a couple of words, but it cleverly sets the stage for this new story. And this story is clever, it's sad. It deals with some depression and tenacity. And the final story is called Family. It's about, well, it, it has um, Morel Corporation that's been mentioned before in the past stories. And let me tell you, I had no warm feelings for this company. I mean, it's about this company. It's about killed journalists. We have a couple who's hot tempering cold logic. And the ending of it leaves a little, a nice little teaser that makes you want to know what the heck happens after this. Like, you know, what does M find out? I enjoy sci-fi futuristic reads. And this collection of short stories was very enjoyable. I mean, there's a not too defined string through each gem of story. It's enough for a connection, but each gem is completely different. I liked it. I found that this author, the stories were smart. They were well thought out. They were enjoyable. I'd like to see what else he has to offer. So this one gets four stars. Yes, stars, my sweets out in the clouds, out in the galaxies, out in the future, the far, far future. I think this is a must read. You should go out and get it. I mean, like I said before, they're very short stories, but it doesn't lack in drawing you in. It doesn't lack in giving you a little background. It There's a lot of meat to this very small sandwich, if you will. I enjoyed it. Go out and get it. If you want your book to be reviewed, send it to Bookworm Batson, care of It Came From the Radio, Post Office Box 134, Rosedale, New York, 11422. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. This is Gray Griffin, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631 606 8166. Now, back to our show. 
Hey, uh, this is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio. I am very happy to have a special guest with us tonight, Mr. Mike Caravella. And uh, Mike, how are you today? I'm good, Charlie. How are you, man? It's been a long time. Good, it's good. Been Mike. A month since I see a month, it's, been, it's a little over a month since we uh, we got together there in Long Island. Yeah, it was uh, at the um, Long Island uh, Film Festival. Right, the Long Island International Film Expo. That was great. Yeah, movie. exactly, exactly. And uh, there I had the wonderful pleasure of seeing a film I enjoyed, uh, your film that I enjoyed, Astral Plane Drifter. Um, never, ever in my life have I seen so much. Now, this is a short film. It's a short film. It's 10 minutes. Uh, 10 minutes. I, yeah, I do have a feature script based on the short film that I'm pitching right now. Yeah, oh, I can't yeah. wait for that. Because yeah. never in my life have I seen so much crammed into 10 minutes of film that you actually want more. And all of a sudden, the film's over. And and uh, out on the red carpet, I said, Mike, where's the, when's the sequel? And he says... I says, when are you going to do the sequel? He goes, when are you going to give me more money? <laughs> yeah, I actually but, have I actually have a, sh uh, a second short film uh, sequel written, but uh, that would take. I, I did this one all out of pocket. I'm I, I'm debating yeah. about maybe doing some crowdfunding, but I'm really focusing on uh, trying to get a feature length movie made. So, oh my, yeah. oh my God, I'm in on that because I can't wait for a sequel to this film. Um, it it just it pulls you in and and it just keeps you there and uh, well let's let's start with telling the folks what Astral Plane Drifter is all about what your part in this movie was okay. you did like everything didn't I did you? like I did like everything so yeah so just a quick uh, background so I'm an actor by trade and I'm I'm originally from New York I've lived in L A for a long time and then I moved out to the desert in 2017. I live out near Joshua Tree now. So I'm originally from East New York, Brooklyn, and now I live out in Joshua Tree. So uh, in 2017, I got diagnosed with tongue cancer and uh, I had to go through all sorts of treatment. And I had 20% of my tongue removed. So I was out of the business for three years. I just needed to recover and just kind of get myself back in action and get healthy and learn how to speak again and all that stuff. And then uh, in 2019, I threw myself back out there in the business and I started booking work again. I was on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Made for Love on HBO Max and Superstore and everything was going really well for being out of the business for so many years and then just being able to work again and I was doing really well. And I was like, this is great. I'm back on the scene. 2020 is going to be my year. <laughs> and yeah. we all know what happened in 2020. Yeah. Everything yeah. shut down and there was nothing. You know, so, like, so after sitting around the house for eight, nine months. And, you know, I'm out here in the desert. It's a little weird out here. So there's all sorts of things going on out here. So uh, I was really getting antsy. I wanted to do something. So um, I had an idea to do a short film. So I um, I wrote this thing, directed it, produced it. I'm the lead actor. I mean, I did the costuming. I did the location scouting. I pretty much did everything on this thing. I had a lot of help from my family. My wife, my kids jumped in because we were in the middle of the pandemic. So there was like hard to get people to do anything. Like we're only about an hour and 45 minutes from LA, but even the, even though I have all that talent available to me, it was very hard to get anybody to come out and, and do anything. I got a director of photography that I knew from another short that I did to come out and he did an awesome job. But other than that, and the two actors that are in it with me, I, it was 
pretty much all me with assistance for my wife and three kids. And uh, so this, I just had this crazy idea that I just want to do something as weird as possible. And I knew this location out in the middle of like between me and Vegas. And we drive to Vegas a lot. There's just nothing but three hours of empty desert. But there's this little weird place off Old Route 66. And uh, there's just all these weird little things out there. And um, I went, I said, you know what? I think I want to do something in this area. So I went out there and I spent the day out there. And there's different things that, you know, different. And I want people to see the movie, so I don't want to give too much away. But there's all these different things within the location that just fed my mind for the, for the idea for the script. And uh, this crazy thing came together. And I'm kind of a crazy guy myself. I have a lot of, uh, I'm a cinephile. I watch a lot of movies. So, you know, I have all these crazy movies in my head, you know, thousands of them. And it just all came together. So I have, I have, so this movie, the genre is, it's a Western sci-fi kung fu comedy with a 70s vibe. So there's all sorts of crazy stuff in there. And you, like you said, there's all these things coming at you and you don't know where they're coming from. And I just kind of, you know, and that's kind of the way I wanted it to be. And I really feel like I created a new genre and the feedback that I'm getting is that's the vibe that people are getting from it too. And they're really enjoying it. I, I remember when you, you actually told me what the movie was about. Um, first of all, we met in the, um, we met in the lounge right. of the thing. And, and you had that face that it was like, you almost like could be my relative because we, I have relatives that, and I walked over to you and I said, do I know you? And, and we started talking and, and um, you scored so many points with me when you know when you called what the firemen use uh, outside on the street the, the correct pump. name the johnny pump yes yeah, johnny you, pump yeah you, it was almost like you were testing me like what do you call that thing no <laughs> no because you said you were brooklyn and yeah. i asked everybody from brooklyn i said tell me something what do you call that and i think i pointed and you said johnny i said i love this guy i love him right away that was it he, that, the that, night the, that night I knew what the Manhattan Special Coffee Sodas were. Oh, yeah. Know, oh, yeah. I, I don't think yeah. you know that unless you're from old school in New York City. So Yeah, yeah. That's that's a Brooklyn zone, actually, <laughs> on Manhattan Street. Yeah. But so to get back to your movie, which is brilliant. So you're telling me what it was about. And I'm just looking at you. And I'm saying, oh, man, I got to see this because because I watch a lot of movies too. And I'm saying, oh my God, this, you know, this is going to be fun. And that's what it was. I was sitting there and Mark could attest to this, our, our show host. We sat through a lot of uh, film festival movies, um, long ones, uh, short ones. And, you know, you get your couple that are like, oh my God, let me just poke my eye out with a shrimp fork. I can't watch this anymore. This thing just dragged me into it. I was having so much fun because it's a fun, fun short film. I was having so much fun and then it was over. And I was like, I want more. And I guess that's why you're winning the audience awards because they love it and they want more. They want more. And what's really been cool, and that's kind of the idea, you, you, you nailed it on the head. When I made this thing, I just wanted to make something fun and absurd and pure escapism, kind of get back. It's been a pretty heavy time here in the country with yeah. all sorts of stuff going on, whether it's the, the, the virus or political stuff or whatever's going on. 
Everybody yeah. just seems really, you know, bogged down in a bunch of stuff. And yeah. it seems like Hollywood has just jumped on the the depressing vibe and just keeps putting more of that stuff on out there. Yeah. And uh, I, I really feel like, you know, we need to move on from that and just go back to the movies and be entertained and have fun and laugh. Yeah. And just say, so that's, that's definitely the spirit of the thing. But, and the audience has definitely picked up on that. And like what you say, where it just kind of ends and you want more, that's that's also my idea of filmmaking. Yeah. Filmmaking has gotten like, you know, you have these, uh, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, a, uh, I, I'm not, I have nothing against like the Marvel movies and superhero movies, but they're all two and a half hours yeah. long. They don't need to be two and a half hours long. You know, so, yeah. I mean, there's all, it seems like every movie now is over two hours and it doesn't need to be, you know, it, it should be, I really, I'm a big believer that movies should be about a hundred minutes. And if it's a really... Uh, heavy drama with a lot of twists and turns in it. You go to two hours, but if, if, unless it's that movie, should be about a hundred minutes. So, and, and and I'm following. I'm kind of following the rule of the Beatles. You know, the Beatles, all the Beatles songs were three minutes or less, just in and out, even wanting more. So that's right. kind of the theme of this. And we're getting that vibe back from the audience, people, which is really cool. Which is why I feel like I'm going to get this script done because everywhere we go, every every audience we see, they're like, "What's next for Drifter? When are we going to see him next?" So that's a great yeah. indicator that the audience really enjoys, enjoys this thing because they yeah. want more. And, and, I, and I might yeah. have more. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I also um, have another observation about the, the film. You are such a, a presence as the actor, as the drifter. It's such a present that you convey. Like your presence as a drifter is amazing and and um you just want to see this guy like he's you want to see him like just keep going and keep going and 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 just i can't give the film away right. but you know you know what i'm saying i know and, you're saying. and it was hard yeah. for me. it was hard for me as an actor not really hard because i knew what i wanted to do it was really being true to my uh to, to my idea my concept but like right. as an actor first and I'm directing and writing it, um, you know, it, it's very easy for that person to also just like play up the the acting and use it kind of as an acting showcase as opposed to right. just being in the character, in the moment and being true to what's right. happening. So, and I, I, I really feel like I did a good job of staying within the piece and not trying to say, hey, look at me, I'm an actor, you know, and, you know, and, and do all that. So, and which, which I, th- I think fits <clears throat> the short film great because there's a lot of crazy things happening around me so some something needs to be grounded and i feel like i'm I'm grounded until i yeah exactly not, until i need not to be <laughs> yeah yeah but exactly you you are the uh it's i don't want to categorize this but it's like you're the centerpiece of this movie, the the presence. I'm talking about the presence, and it, it's such a strong presence. And uh, you just want to see this guy go on and on, sequel after sequel after sequel. Well, I, I, I you were in the audience. I talked about. It. I do have a I have a script written, a feature script, and it's a prequel to Drifter. It's a prequel to what happens. But I have a trilogy in my head. I have where I want to go. So this is. The, the script that I have pitching, it's before Astro Plane Drifter. And then I have yeah. parts two and three as well. And uh, so I'm, I, and I really feel like we can do that. It's kind of a cult classic type movie. And those type of movies, people like to watch again and again, and they want more of. So 
and I'm, and I'm ready to deliver that. So I have it. And if we could just put the pieces together and I've been down this road a couple of times, I've had a few near misses and uh, it's a story for another day, but if we ever get together, again, yeah. we talk about how I actually had a big network steal one of my ideas once upon a time. Right. So right. I've had a couple of close calls, but I, you know, so I'm grounded in, you know, it's, it'll happen when it happens. I, mean, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but, uh, but I really feel good about this. one. I think I can get something done. Now, is there there a place where where people um, can see this? Uh... Well, we're in, we're on we're on the festival circuit right now, so I can't do a public screening yet. Right. But I am going to be doing a public screening sometime mm. towards the end of the year because we're really you know we we're really starting to do. I mean, at, now that festival season's starting to pick up, we just got named to two new two more festivals today. I got so um, and we'll, I'll talk about that again in a minute. But like once we get through the festival circuit. I am going to do a uh, an online watch party, and uh, so I can. I'm going to invite everybody, and uh, and and everybody can come watch the movie. I'm going to do a Q and A, and you know, you come on, and you can we hang out. We have people talking, and and uh, the more the more the merrier. And I'll stay on the Q and A for as long as people want to talk. So, and we can show the movie a couple of times. If if people want to watch it two three times, we'll do that. I, that's fine by me. So I'm going to be doing that probably after the holidays. It depends. Right. Quick quick story. We got picked for, of all the festivals, and we got picked for so many different festivals. We got picked for a Western festival out here, and the guy who programmed, <laughs> yeah, the guy who, who, the guy who programmed the Western festival was the shorts programmer for Sundance for 15 years. So just the fact that a guy from Sundance picked my movie for another festival was a pretty cool notch in the belt. But I had some conversations with him, and he said, you should definitely be submitting this short to uh, the Midnight Program's at Sundance and South by Southwest. So I have, yeah. so I don't know, you know, there's a lot that goes into getting selected for those things. Right. So I'm going to kind of ride it out and see if I get picked for those. And those would be in January, but I'll find out before January, whether we make yeah. those or not. So I'm figuring sometime either right after the holidays or during the holidays uh, or at the latest, the end of January. But if we go to the end of January, that's a great thing because that means I'm out in Sundance or in Austin at South by Southwest. Beautiful. Well, Mike, we, we got about a minute left. I want you to tell everyone your social media, where they could see you, where they can find about uh, find out about Astral Plane Drifter, all yeah. that. Go. So I'm constantly promoting on my on my on my social media. So if you go to Instagram, I'm the Mike Caravella. If you go to Facebook, it's Mike Caravella 13. I have a YouTube YouTube channel, the Mikey Forums channel. So if you just Google Mike Caravella or hashtag Astral Plane Drifter, you'll find me. Follow me, friend me, share, subscribe. I'm trying to build the grassroots. It's really important for people to get the word of mouth out behind this thing. And I just keep, I update almost on a daily basis. I try not to be too obnoxious about it, but I, I try and update this, everything that's going on along the way. So follow along. I have trailers on my YouTube channel, all sorts of stuff, interviews from the festivals. So I'm pretty interactive with the whole experience. So come along on the ride with me and, and let's see what happens. Sounds good. Mike, once again, I want to thank you so much. It's such a pleasure uh, talking to you in person, talking to you here on Zoom. It's good seeing you again. Um, you got to let me know when you're back in the uh, old uh, motherland. And uh, we got to get together and uh, wreak some havoc uh, back there. For sure. Whenever I'm back, and it was great to see you guys. It's great to be back home. When I'm home, we definitely will get together. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you, Mark, oh, no. for giving me this time to speak. And it was awesome.
not a problem. Maybe we'll open a couple of Johnny pumps. I'll get some wrenches and we'll, uh, we'll do the job. I'm, re- I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I'll also bring the Manhattan specials. There you go. But, there you go. <laughs> anyway, Mike, Mike Caravella, Astral Plane Drifter. I totally enjoyed this film. Everybody else that we have on our on our fan base, I know they're going to enjoy it. Mike, thank you so much for being here. And uh, once again, it's a pleasure, and I'll talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks again, Charlie. Really great talking to you. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us a Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. Hey, this is Ty Monk, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to www.itcamefromradio.com and listen to our archives if you're up in a week or so. Go to such places such as btdradio.com, indievolt.com, sci-fi.radio, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to it came from the radio with mark torres the views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management owners or staff of the station we now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast